Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Yes, indeed, everybody, Bloomberg Markets, right here on Bloomberg Radio. Carol Master, my co-host, Corey Johnson, off on this Tuesday. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Barbie and Mattel, because Barbie uh, certainly was has been, is still important to Mattel, but it certainly has had its falls as a brand. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. Let's get back, though, to your top business stories, a look at trading. Any thoughts, Doug Krisner, on the Barbie doll? No, I got to pass on that. <laughs> surprise, surprise. All right. So here we've got a couple of Fed speakers uh, rattling the markets a little bit. We'll begin with Vice Chair Stan Fisher. He was talking about high asset prices possibly leading to further stability risk. And then uh, the head of the San Francisco Fed Bank, John Williams, saying he's somewhat concerned about what he sees as complacency in financial markets. In his words, the stock market seems still to be running very much on fumes. Now, we had uh, Fed Chair Janet Yellen speaking in the U.K., and she made a point of saying that asset prices, yeah, they may be high if you look at kind of traditional methods of valuing stocks, but the Fed is not, not targeting them. Dow weaker by three-tenths of one percent, S&P 500 down about six-tenths of one percent. We've got uh, the NASDAQ composite weaker by 1.3 percent. Class A shares in Alphabet, the parent of Google, down by more than two percent. This is after the European Union fined the company a record two $2.7 billion for an antitrust situation, which we have talked about here on the program. Nestle buying back $21 billion in stock. This is the first strategic move since Dan Loeb's hedge fund Third Point bought a stake in Nestle. And the bond market right now, U.S. 10-year backing up in yield. We're around 2.20%. We're also seeing a rally in the crude oil space. Speculation here is that EIA data uh, that is due tomorrow after the bell is going to show a contraction in inventories. WTI trading up 2% at 4429 That's it from the market's desk. Carol, back to you. I'm really disappointed you had no comments on Barbie, but... You'll have to wait. <laughs> Keep my finger What am I going to say to that? I have no idea. You're a smart man. All right. Bloomberg Markets brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network, home to the industry's most satisfied advisors. Prepare to be swept off your feet by the broker-dealer RIA that's been putting relationships first since 1979. Visit Commonwealth.com for more information. This is Bloomberg. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. in plastics. All right, you guessed it. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Barbie, specifically the rise, the fall, and the attempted resurrection of the Barbie doll. Here with more is Lindsay Rupp, specialty retail reporter at Bloomberg News, along with Matt Townsend, global business reporter at Bloomberg News, who follows Mattel, both in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. We've been having a fun conversation before we even got <laughs> going. Uh, Matt, I feel like Barbie has been... Um, it's so important to the Mattel brand in terms of revenues, but they've been having a tough time with it for a while now. Yes, yeah, we were just saying it's, it's still a billion-dollar brand, so it's still a massive brand. It's one of the biggest toy brands in the world, but it's it's seen as sort of passe for a lot of parents. It's even though you know we talked to some moms who grew up playing with it, but they don't give it to their daughters. Just seen as too stereotypical, sort of old-fashioned, um, especially in a time when you have a lot of powerful sort of female characters that girls can play with, like Katniss from Hunger Games or, you know, the Frozen characters. So, and they're really trying to bring it back by sort of reintroduce or get parents to reappraise Barbie by saying, look, when girls play with Barbie, they imagine all the things they can be. And actually, Barbie has been a strong, empowering brand throughout its legacy, which it has, but, you know, dating back to 1959. 
Right. It's evolved. Right, Lindsay? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was a little girl, I asked my mom this when I was home over the weekend. She said she was so mad when a friend's parents gave me my first Barbie. She really didn't want me to have Barbie. Your mom was. My mom really didn't want me to have Barbie. She felt like it was anti-feminist. But, um, you know, for girls, it's a big part of uh, they hit a certain age, Matt was saying, with his daughter, where they want to, they look up to older girls and they want to, you know, do older girl things. And and Barbie was a huge... um, she, she was a huge innovation at the time because there weren't really dolls that girls right. could play with that had that, you know, that, that sort of element to them. Right. Well, it's interesting. We were talking before we got going. I mean, my older sisters had Barbies and I couldn't wait to, like, inherit them from right, them. Exactly. It was a big thing. And my daughter, now 14, uh, she got some of those Barbies along with some new ones. But I do wonder about whether or not, Lindsay, you know, you will with your kids, if you, you know, have a daughter, whether or not you'll pass it on. And I wonder if somewhere at some point, Matt, like that progression, passing it on, just stops. That's what Mattel is finding out. I mean, we actually talked to one of the researchers, and he said, you know, we talked to a lot of moms. There was a growing sentiment of moms who said, I, I grew up with Barbie, I love Barbie, but she just does, she doesn't reflect what my kid's life is today. And, you know, Barbie and Mattel, they're trying to address that, and, and, and they have had some success with either marketing or sort of introducing a whole slew of different ethnicities and sort of attacking right. the sort of uh, going after the body image critiques of the brand by by releasing curvy Barbie. So, and that seems to be working. We talked to a mother uh, for the podcast who said, yeah, I, I'm sort of reassessing the brand for my younger daughter, given the marketing, what they're trying to do. So what so. does, what does though Mattel do in a world where there's a lot more electronics, you know, Lizzie, I think about for kids at this point and, you know, they're kind of vying, you know, a lot of competition out there in terms of kids, kids time. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're trying to remind parents that, uh, playing with your child and, and, you know, playing pretend and using their imagination, that's a really important part of a kid's development. And it's really wholesome time that you spend with your kid where neither one of you is looking at a screen. Uh, Matt and I were talking about this, you know, technology is really intuitive now. It's really easy. Your kid doesn't have to play with an iPad or practice on an iPad to figure it out. Um, but spending that quality time with a parent, which is something that they tap into in these uh, commercials that they actually aired during football games, it was dads playing Barbies with their little girls. Yeah. Did you play Barbie with your with your little girl? I have my my daughter doesn't play with Barbie. Which is she kind doesn't of funny. play, but I I do play with her. <laughs> but but uh, Mattel and some of the other toy companies are actually pushing this idea of the benefits of play, the developmental benefits in the age of screen time, and sort of a lot of parents are more invested in, in getting their kids ahead. Playing with analog toys is actually very very good for a child's development. Yeah, I, I do wonder when there's going to be a pushback. I've talked to, you know, various folks kind of on the edge of innovation, if you will, who've got kids and they say, you know, I do get a little bit nervous about all the time that kids are spending on screens, whether it's phone or at a laptop or whatever. Uh, so you wonder about pushback. You guys also talked about in this podcast, Britney Spears. Yes. All right. Go ahead. So uh, <laughs> there, was, there, there was a point where, Brit- or where uh, Barbie was doing fine and then, they're just this shift happened and it's sort of uh, traced back to Spice Girls, Britney Spears came on the scene and girls love them. I and mean, obviously started to change the way they dressed. And what Lindsay said earlier, even little girls who weren't OK to be sort of showing their bellies all of a sudden, but they emulated teenagers, right. which is sort of happens with a younger girl around three or four years old. So then they wanted to dress like that. And they wanted their dolls to look like that, too. And so what happened was a Britney Spears doll came out, was a big hit, and then this brand called Bratz. I was going to, uh-huh. which kind of scared me. Right. So Bratz, <laughs> parents hated Bratz. 
but girls loved them, especially older girls. So the sort of demographic for a Barbie customer is like three to nine. So the six to nine year olds went way for brats. They loved brats. They right. Were, they were they were sexy. They were, they wore skimpy outfits. They had big luscious lips. And Barbie didn't know what to do, and the brand Mattel struggled for years to try to figure out what to do, and they basically, you know, they basically didn't ever figure out an answer. Well, so now the answer is giving Ken a man bun. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Uh, I love this story. Lindsay Rupp, Matt Townsend of Bloomberg News. we got to run. Check out the podcast, though, and you can get more at Bloomberg.com. Let's get a check on your world of national news headlines. Let's head on over to Nate Hager in our Bloomberg 991 <laughs> newsroom in Washington. I'm not going to ask you about Barbie. I promise. I'm, I'm just envisioning Ken in a man bun. Uh, how am I going to beat that? Thank you, Carol. It happens. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, well, he had hoped to introduce his party's health care bill today, but now he is delaying it until after the July 4th recess with at least five Republicans saying they were going to vote against even beginning debates. Several of them want more time. Uh, we have... A number of different discussions going on have been going on for six weeks now, and they continue. This is a big, complicated subject. The White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders says President Trump is still optimistic. For us, it's never been about the timeline, but about getting the best piece of legislation that helps the most Americans. Um, and that's what we're continuing to do day in, day out. Now, Republican senators are headed to the White House right now to meet with President Trump to talk about the way forward. That meeting is set for 4 o'clock Wall Street time, just about 20 minutes from now. Me and Myanmar is out. China is downgraded on America's list of the world's worst human trafficking offenders. President Trump's daughter and advisor Ivanka Trump joined Secretary of State Rex Tillerson in presenting this year's report to Congress. As a mother, this is much more than a policy priority. It is a clarion call to action in defense of the vulnerable, the abused, and the exploited. U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley says the White House warning to Syria not to use chemical weapons was also aimed at Russia and Iran. Haley tells a House committee today she hopes that the warning will force those countries to think twice about supporting Bashar Assad. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.